Hello, Hello and welcome, welcome to, to the, the tea. tea. My name is T-Rex. Who are you? I am Lucky Stiff. That was a really good one. That was. I liked it. What's new with you? Uh, not too much. I was sick for the last, like, three yeah, days. It was crazy. It just, like... I had a chiropractor appointment on Saturday and my lymph nodes were so swollen she had trouble cracking my neck and she was like, something's up with you. And the next day I was like, boom, in bed, down, done. It's crazy what not sleeping and working nonstop. I know, you know, I just... Drinking during the day. Not eating properly. Right, like how dare it. I know. Get over it, body. Jeez. (laughs) Um, Nothing new with me. I I keep having these like long uh, periods of like time off during the week. (laughs) So I'm really loving that. After Pride, I'm like... Getting my life back together. I know. Late July is a weird time. <laughs> it is, because I feel like I'm, like, going fucking hard in <laughs> June, mm-hmm. and then July is like, ah, what luxury. And then it ramps up again in August. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to Orlando next week. Me and the girls are going on a little vacation. Way, hey. <laughs> Super fun. Disney gazer night. <laughs> Forever. Just really, like, um, uh, Animal Kingdom. It's my favorite. I know. You love this. Mount Everest, my favorite. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, For the first time, uh, actually, uh, both of our uh, guests are here for the first time. We have from the latest season of Dragula. She's here from St. Louis, Maxi Glamour. Hi. How are you? Here, come get closer. Hi. How's it going? Welcome. You have been to Chicago a couple times, correct? Oh, my God. Yeah. I've been coming here all the time since like 2000 and since Spen was open. Oh, my God. Damn. (laughs) Um, not a friend of the pod. Not um, a friend of the pod. <laughs> uh, you are in Black Girl Magic tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm so excited about that. Have you been to Black Girl Magic before? Yeah. Um, I was there. I had to go see my Dragula sister. Um, it was in LA. So I went and saw Kendra and Foxy. Oh, nice. That was cute. And I performed at it when I was at Berlin and they let me get completely naked. They did. I remember seeing you <laughs> naked. Yeah. <laughs> Are they letting you do that tonight at Roscoe's Bar and Grill? No, no. No. <laughs> yeah, they're a little uh, stricter on uh, health code, I'll say, at Berlin, maybe. <laughs> you might see my butt, though. Oh. Yeah, Bonuses. Yeah. Um, so how long are you drag full-time? Yeah. I mean, I do. I work at a design company. Um, I work at STL Style, and it's a St. Louis-based design company. And we Designing? Um, I design T-shirts, stickers, buttons, okay. koozies, Um yeah, I like that koozies was like <laughs> up there. The closer who yeah. was like uh, and the koozies. Yeah, I mean everything like hats, uh, bandanas. Ah. They're like, hey, we need this, and I'm like, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do you do? Um, <laughs> You're on the spot who? now. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, so I I produce a lot of events. I've been producing events since 2012. So okay, that's seven years, and I produce. One of my biggest events that I do is called Court, and it's a quarterly event, and we showcase um, performers, visual artists, and panel speakers nice. that are like politicians or like, oh, activists. Oh, yeah. Nice. Kind of get people like connected and overwhelmed with like queerness. Yeah, and this is all in St. Louis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. All right. Overwhelmed by queerness is absolutely my favorite <laughs> Yeah, state. fuck yeah. Um, also, we are joined by Ramona Slick. Uh, oh. Yep, there you go. Ooh. <laughs> I wanted to come off with a tinge of lust, so I hope that that's... Success. Know, Success. Thank you very much. Um, That'll be $500. <laughs> you call your drag drag lust? I do. I do. Company? Well, I consider myself a drag queen, but I'm also damn good at taking off my clothes. Okay. So it kind of just goes hand in hand. Mm. Um, I definitely have a lot of inspiration drawn from 
old school burlesque divas like uh, Gypsy Rose Lee, as well as other ones like, you know, of course, Dita Von Teese, I Love Miss Tosh. Uh, There's a bunch of really incredible uh, burlesque performers, and, you know, I just like giving them the old (laughs) razzle-dazzle. How long have you been doing uh, drag as you would consider it drag? I actually just had my one-year anniversary less than a week ago, so I'm a baby. Uh, she's actually a recent winner of Crash Landing, and yes, then just kind ma'am. Of took off from there. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, Crash Landing back uh, the first one of 2019, yeah. and I won it. And <laughs> I just have, as an Aries, I have an insatiable need to compete and yeah. win and yeah. crush competitions. <laughs> I love so. it when people come from like different universes and come into Crash Landing. Like mm-hmm. we have someone uh, who just competed who was in like our production of Hamilton in Chicago. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Have, like there's all kinds. Cinema Marie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, it, yeah. I love yeah. when people come in and you can tell they're bringing like a totally different, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, references and, and point yeah. of view. Wasn't there like a medical doctor at one point, or like a there was a nurse or somebody? Somebody was like a registered nurse, or they were working in a hospital. Yeah, right. I can't remember. We get people from all, everywhere. Yeah. Laura Lee is in this one, which is super cool. She's like a mm-hmm. famous makeup artist. Yeah, yeah. Talented babe. Yep, yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, shall we uh, jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Should I start? Ooh yeah. So now begins so early in the episode my stress at pronouncing people's names correctly. <laughs> Is it Adalia or Adalia? Okay. Uh, unclear. I'm going to go with Adalia and hope that you don't hate me. Adalia Reyes from Sacramento. Adalia, damn it! I had a 50% chance of getting it right. For Maxi, what made you jump out of conventional black drag and do full body paint and really creative looks? I truly admire it, and I don't often see it in mostly black drag performers to go outside of pageant drag or comedy, campy, geeky, dancing diva in terms of aesthetics. Um, that's a long question. Yeah, that's a lot there. That um, is a lot of a question. <laughs> that's a lot of a question. <laughs> but, I mean, what, what are some of the things that made you develop your aesthetic? I would never really, like, feel like I was in, like, that, like, Beyonce, Rihanna, like... <laughs> box of what people presume a black drag queen could be like ever since I was like a teenager I was like really punk and like mm-hmm. into like the goth scene and like not really like trying to be cultured by mainstream society mm-hmm. so I kind of just found my own way and it landed me here you know yeah. club kid culture like definitely runs deep in my veins I saw party monster when I was 14 I was mm-hmm. like oh, I'm gonna do that yeah <laughs> yeah and here I am how long have you been performing? Um, I've been performing for 10 years. I've been in Maxi Glamour wow. for 15 years. Wow. 15. Oh, 15 wow. years. Yeah. yeah. Sneaking into clubs. And <laughs> Sneaking into clubs and raves. Up for me. There you go. You're so soft-spoken. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the scene like in St. Louis? The scene? Um, it's really diverse. Um, I would okay. say that... We are a very big pageant scene. Um, we, you know, like Miss Continental sometimes hold there. Miss Gay Americas hold mm-hmm. there sometimes. It's... I've seen a lot being a performer for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's definitely wonderful seeing, like, when I first started, like, well, you ain't wearing pads. You don't have nails on. <laughs> now, like, oh, that's Maxi, you know? Yeah. And, like, to see them, like, come to fruition and see, like, everything change, it's it's wonderful now. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the queens I, I know of from there are, uh, I knew, like, 
the bearded queens and like I feel like I had heard more about the weirdos than like that's the awesome traditionals but maybe that's just the way of the internet it's because old people like, don't know how to use social media that's it that's 100% <laughs> it right right where it's like our scene is split down the middle where it's like equal parts weirdos and like the pageant girls yeah a lot of the pageant girls don't uh, aren't good at the internet mm-hmm. I would say yeah. you don't know a meme from a gif yeah <laughs> yeah Ooh, a gif controversial oh statements Ooh. I like it on my crackers <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, next one Moxie Mayhem from St. Louis do you know this person oh yes I love Moxie Gang. Do you have any tips for people who are uh, starting a new show in their city? Uh, what is something to be aware of or watch out for? Oh, that's such a good thing. <sighs> Promoters that are too good to be true. Yeah. And you can tell. How can you tell? I feel like I've, as a person, I feel like I've become better at detecting sociopaths mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And I used to be attracted to sociopaths Same. because that too good to be true thing you have to know how to sense it immediately mm-hmm. when someone says like very flippantly like I'm gonna solve all your problems I'm gonna give you yeah this they give you I'm too much you, too fast you have to be able to have your sensors up for people that are giving too much like I don't accept a hundred gifts at once you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I, I, it makes me very like right because there's always strings attached afterwards yeah that too yeah I feel like you have to be very like cautious of people yeah 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 I feel like one of the really good things though is to also like you're already if you're already in a scene and you like have connections and you go and you see things is to like scope just scope stuff out for a while first and don't rush too much thinking that you have to do something right away but just like sit with it sit with your concept look at the folks in the scene that you like are naturally drawn to and feel right with and then talk to them about what they're interested in doing. And it may not have total overlap with what you're doing, but sometimes it will. And then you can like build a little traveling band of weirdos and like figure it out that way. I feel like that's so much more less stressful and lonely. I don't know. Have you learned a lot from throwing those events? Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Um, I would say um, don't... Give yourself too much stress because there's going to be someone that doesn't show up to the show. There's going to be a person that doesn't mm-hmm. promote the show properly. There's going to be some shows when you have fifteen dollars to split in between six girls, and yeah. you got to pay your performers first to make sure that they are appreciated for the worth. And then, like, if there's something left over, then take it. I would say, like, right. a lot of people like, are like, well, there's no money for you, but I just got a new iPhone. Yeah. And so I would say, like, oh, I've been a part of shows know. where girls said like well I overbooked the show and we don't have enough money so instead of that X amount of money you're all gonna have to deal with this amount and like when I started booking the shows I said that will never happen Mm -hmm. that is your bad like you have agreed that I'm getting this amount of money then you better go to the ATM because I've done that myself same and totally you you fucking have to Mm because if it didn't if you didn't book it right that's your problem you know if if the girls didn't promote it correctly or whatever like yeah that's on them but maybe you let it happen or Mm -hmm. you made the cast you know and regardless of what's your fault and what's not your fault like you're the one who put the whole you threw the party like you assume Mm -hmm. responsibility so you get the glamour and all the money if it goes well but you also have to eat it if it doesn't go well yeah and sometimes it doesn't even now at this point for me there will be things that'll happen like i threw a party in january that fucking a lot. It was a, <laughs> but it was so fun. It was so fun. <laughs> but it just, it was also just snowstorm and everything. Yeah. I, yeah. I probably, oh, Chicago. Oh, I paid probably $400 out of pocket yeah. for that. But, you know, 
on the next Saturday, I, you know. Yeah. Made money otherwise, you know what I mean? I do. Goddess didn't make consistent money for at least two years. That's another thing. You have to be prepared to, like, not... It's just like any business. Like, the first couple years, like, you're kind of eating it. Yep. And then... One day you're like, ah, I'm kind of <laughs> comfortable at this ha- point. Something happened. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Any advice? Um, just don't overpromise people. And it, mm. like, idealism is wonderful, but just like yeah. partner idealism with realism. And it's like, what do I want and what can be achieved? Yeah. Yeah. I would say uh, optimistic realist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's and the smoke thing. Lots of weed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you don't throw events, but you've been a I part threw of one party. Okay. Did you? I threw one party. Yeah, I threw it at my uh, former Sugar Daddy's penthouse yes. back in November. It was lovely. It was a wild old time. It was time. a fucking great party. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we had Mickey Blanco as the headliner, oh, yeah, which yeah. was... I remember that. It was such a blast. Um, I'm glad other people had a good time. I personally was too stressed <laughs> to be able to talk to anyone. So yeah. relatable. <laughs> but um, I'd say probably my advice from my... Years of being a producer <laughs> would be uh, definitely as a producer to breathe. Uh, delegate, maybe. Yeah, delegate. Yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely love to do everything myself uh, in all aspects <laughs> of all of my careers. Like it's why when I have a gig, I'll be literally up for. 14 hours before a gig yeah, rhinestoning yeah. just because I'm like I have to do it myself because if I give it to someone else it might not be done yeah. to my standards and I just have incredibly high standards so <laughs> I was fortunate to have uh, support from a queer pride and Scott Kramer but uh, most of it in the organizing was done by me and it's yeah. stressful so be easy on yourself kids <laughs> the, the longer I do it the more that I realize that you have to make sure you have people around you that you can show up and know that they know mm-hmm. all the boxes to tick mm-hmm. like yeah. we have trey who i can't think enough i have natasha at the door and these are people who just like it's it's important to have consistent people that are apart because if you have the yes. same person at the door then you have you know they know how you like things who's allowed in right. you have the same person doing stage managing they know how quickly they need to get stuff done where to go just all the beats to hit. And, yeah, it's and institutional she, knowledge. It's like invaluable. Yeah. 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 So like be patient at first, but really it's about training people to be the part of your brain that you can't always be there for, especially if I'm hosting and yeah. I, I can't clean up the stage myself. I can't collect dollars at the door. You like fucking A, man. Yeah. I have to make sure that people work for me are total ding dong. So <laughs> we need bad bitches behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 And, so, and with that, do too, that, do that before you start your own thing, like right. work on somebody else's show for a while and see how they do it. No logistics. Yeah. It's so much logistics that you have to think about. And it's like day of, and you're like, Oh, I guess I do have to go to the bank and get singles and, mm-hmm. and get blah, blah, blah. And, and, and all this random shit you would never yeah and you know what and and don't be afraid to ask other people mm-hmm. so that you don't feel like a total dumbass the day of because you have too much pride to ask oh my god i ask you so many questions about shows <laughs> oh no ramona I, uh, yeah i yeah we all I, have to go through that though. I, you do yeah. oh girl who are you telling <laughs> i threw some flop events yeah 100 <laughs> like yeah. nobody starts out like just automatically knowing what the fuck they're doing we're all yeah. crazy babies running around trying to do stuff yeah Mm, a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> and like also to people who want to be a part of these things, like 
tell us that you want to be a part. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, I need help. I don't really know who to ask. And then randomly people will be like, I've been wanting to do this for so long. Well, why didn't you tell me? You know, <laughs> like there's a lot of those people. But, you know, like, for instance, we need someone to fill in for Trey to like stage manage and like the, the fill-ins out of town. And I'm like, I don't want to just throw out a line and be like, who wants to be stage manager? Yeah. Like we get every freaking weirdo. Yeah. But it, now you're about to get a bunch of requests. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's hard because it's that thing where you, you yeah, where you know, you, I don't know. I don't want to like make a public, like, I don't want to ask for it because then I'm going to have to say no to a bunch of people. Right. It's a weird awkward. balance. <laughs> well, also, and then you don't want to like refuse somebody and then their feelings are hurt and you're like, no, I got 30 like requests for somebody to help me. It's not just, just not about qualified. you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, but you don't tell them. We kind of did that for when we got a new <laughs> when we got a new poster designer. I just like put a thing out and it went viral and yeah. we got so many fucking requests and we ended up just using like a friend who has kind of done stuff for us for years, Jonathan Charles. And I was like, it's still cool that I got all those people yeah. who were designers but and now like, you know all those people my when you didn't before fucking mess, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i love a good inbox <laughs> keep it a mess <laughs> how are you you're the better oh well. oh yeah it's me oh. <laughs> lacy from chicago what part of your drag would you most like to improve i like this. i like this is Ooh. hard this is what if i'm perfect <laughs> I don't know. What do, what do you want to improve? I mean, I always say hair just because I'm hair dumb. Like, I I feel like I'm forever throwing on the same three wigs because I'm comfortable with it because I'm so insecure about, like, working on wigs, whatever. I feel like I want... I really want to improve. Really, it's about, for me, in, like, gathering more skills. Like, I wish that I knew more about wig, like, wig styling. Mm. I wish that I had better sewing skills. Like, I am great yes. at hand Same. sewing, but I, I suck that. on a machine. Yeah. Oh, God, um, useless. <laughs> I want to take more dance classes. Like, I don't know if my body will survive it, but I'm going to try. Yeah. Stuff like that. I feel like g- growing... I want to learn how to do magic tricks, like all of those kinds of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Though? Like I want to just have like a huge toolbox that I can just be like, well, I'll just whip this out today and like make my drag better that way. Yeah. Rather than just like, cause if I do all of those things, the aesthetic and the performance will be better. Yeah. Cause I'll have the skills. Well, if you need any white rabbits for your magic tricks, I have two of them. So Rocky and Magenta Aww. would be very happy. <laughs> have we not talked about my rabbit thing? Because we must. I have no. such a rabbit thing. I've, I've, I've heard. I've heard the legend of the, uh, the rabbit. What? <laughs> what legend? I mean, I'm always making people wear rabbit masks when they <laughs> oh, perform, is that your and cage? nobody, <laughs> and nobody really like has ever asked me why. And then I wrote a whole bunch about it in my thesis. Uh-oh. I was scared of them. I was scared of rabbits. I think rabbits are freaky. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I think they're soft and pretty, but in a scary way. Did you watch Watership Down as I a kid? I did. I that's did. That's what it that is. Happened. No, that's literally what it is. That Did you ever see that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's about it's rabbits, like, up. escape. They're, like, getting driven out of their homes by, like, creepy men. It's, like, a whole bunch of stuff. And they're evil? No, they're, like, just being chased all the time. It's more about, like, young child home invasion fear and terror. But they look really freaky. I had a rabbit when I was little. His name was Tucker B. Hoppin. Yes, I have loved a pun. I have loved a pun since the jump. Oh, wow. <laughs> Tucker B. Hoppin. Yeah. I had so many rabbits. What an iconic died. diva. Tucker. We stand Tucker. What a friend of the pod. What were, the, the, what oh, were the other what, things? Vixen said we should say... Uh, 
bro, bro of the show. Bro of the show. And then, what was it? Like, Pal to the Gals was another one. Yeah. And Key then, in the Pod was another one. Mm, we got yeah. lots of... Water sports. <laughs> yeah. Y'all got, like, some oh, good suggestions. Oh, Sipper of the Tea from Sipper Uranus. Sipper of the Tea. <laughs> From Uranus. Yeah, that's the person who... Oh, what if you called them tea bags? <laughs> I thought that was a very specific... Yeah, what if you called them tea bags? Tea bags. Tea bags. Oh, my God. I I love it. That's it. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I like Thanks, it. Thanks, Ramona. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I love we it. We did it. There's something sexual in there. <laughs> very much. Oh, wow, I love that. Mm-hmm. Tea bags. Oh, that's gross. We have done oh, that. It. Definitely. Trey sticks. is like massaging his I brow in terror over there. <laughs> oh my God, the eyes. Uh, we need more champagne. We do. Here. But um, what? But with I'm the only one that's talked so far about the parts oh. of my drag that I want to improve. I, and then oh, we got on rabbits. I'm sorry. It so, was my fault. Sound for a rabbit <laughs> I want to make it so I don't lose my clothes when I get naked. Like. You don't lose your clothes when you get naked? I lose them. Like I just they, don't oh, they lose walk, your clothes. Oh, I got They it. walk okay. away from yeah, you? Yeah, like I, I am constantly buying gloves. Specifically in the club yes. in performance or just whenever you get naked? Both. Well, in the club, <laughs> in the performance. If it's at home, you know, it's easy because it's usually just around my bed. But when if it's in the club, it's like, where did that go? Like gowns go missing. Yeah, that's like, true. That's why burlesque shows have stage kittens all the time mm-hmm. to come and yeah. pick the stuff up. And Yeah, because otherwise perverts are going to come and snatch up your clothes. It's true. Quick. They want to take a yeah. piece of you home with Do them. Do you know Christine, the drag queen? Yeah, yeah from crazy. Austin. Yeah, so like five years ago she did matinee and she came out and she had uh, balloons tied to a butt plug and the butt plug was up her mm-hmm. ass, right? Mm-hmm. So she takes it out, <laughs> takes the butt plug out and just kind of throws it and one of her super fans is on the side of the stage. He picks the butt plug <gasps> And the balloons up and start sucking ah! while watching the show. I love art. And I was like, "Do you know?" I was like, "Did you know that guy?" She's like, "I don't know. I just I think he's a super fan." I was like, "If someone started sucking on a butt plug, I was." All right, we we have some champagne. Speaking of which, I can only imagine the fans that Christine Let's has. Let's get it like, pop. Truly, they must she's be so wild, intense. Go. Ooh. Oh. Uh, Ooh. Oh. We made a mess. What in the Rainforest Cafe? (laughs) (laughs) ASMR, I'm telling you. Well, if you liked that noise. (laughs) (laughs) Dripping and dripping. Yeah. Why not? Um, (laughs) Then you too can um, be a champagne sponsor of the tea. Like all of these amazing folks. Oh, God. I have to do this. Allion, Dana Dolly, Griffin Sipos, Tara Coates. Tara Coates, that's funny. Sarah Barcheski and Soft Lighting Studio. It's our second corporate sponsor. Thank you to our tea bags. Thank you to our tea bags. I really like Bro of the Show, though. Bro of the Show is nice, but it's so gendered. Tea bag is just an ungendered. I like that. But in a good way. Yeah. Um, I never complained about being tea bagged. Honestly. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you to our sponsor. So if you would like to Venmo us, you can do that. It's the Tea Podcast. So send us some money because we love you. Is it yes. the T podcast? Yes, it is. Yay, I got it right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what I would like to improve. You know, I stopped stoning things as much as I. I noticed to. that, I and you were such an advocate. I, I stopped putting time in like that, so I need to get back on that. After I moved, my whole like day schedule changed, and mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I need to like make a little area in my home where I can do these things. Drag upheaval is real. I moved too, and everything was everywhere, and I just like almost lost my mind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God my drag children like sorted me because. <laughs> I was just like in a heap, like in a pile of clothing, just weeping. Yeah. And I they were like, it's okay, we'll fix it. organize my stuff. I'm like 
fairly organized. I know where everything is, but I need to. I I feel like once a year, I just like to go in and just throw out like fifty fucking yeah. things. We do these like drag sales at Berlin, and I just end up giving half of it away, selling it for like five dollars. When is that? Fucking I'm great! Gonna... <laughs> Girl, it's great. It's so fun. Do you ever do that thing though, where you like you're going through and you're like, oh, I'll never need this again, and you get rid of it or you sell it right. to a friend, and then like a week later, you're like, fuck. Yeah. But I, I like that. I love just getting fucking rid of everything. I love, <laughs> I just take everything, put it in garbage bags and just like give it to people. Wow. I love that. I wish I could have that energy. My house is just filled to the brim with like knickknacks <laughs> yeah. and like, I don't know, statues of like Jesus and stuff. Sure. I find Jesus hilarious. So <laughs> me personally, yes. drag icon. The Seinfeld of Virginia. I could never find him. <laughs> we need a um, rim shot machine. Uh, a what? Rim shot machine. It's the. That's what they call it. So not what I thought. Oh my god! At this table, I would rim job machine. I know the look on T's face. What? What do you think, Ramona? Is there anything that you're like you need to focus on? I definitely want to start doing more larger scale theatrical numbers. I actually. Um, for my next drag matinee, which is going to be on September 9th at <laughs> Berlin Nightclub. <laughs> I uh, am going to be doing a piece that I've been uh, thinking up for a while. I'm going to be doing Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Oh, I love it. And I'm going to be bringing in a set piece. Oh, hell so yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I is love it a hill? It's not a hill. <gasps> I'm going to leave it a surprise because I can't give everything away at once. <laughs> I hate surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do too, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really want to start just like doing larger scale pieces and also tie in more of my theater training because mm-hmm. I did musical theater for 12 I years. Know that. Huh? Yeah, theater so, diva. So I, I really want to start doing more uh, theater numbers and just like larger scale uh, productions. And I also just want the biggest, blingiest costumes that the world has ever seen. Sure. Mode. Yeah, very relatable. It's Rob Bailachotchki. <laughs> if only. Why does she look good in every picture? What a bitch. Yeah, I, I hate her. I think she deletes all the ugly ones. Oh, That's just like kimchi. <laughs> kimchi does that. It's a she, smart choice. She goes on every day, and every tag picture she doesn't like, she untags it. That's it's a commitment. level of psycho. True commitment. Is. Yeah. Oh, psycho behavior. <laughs> Extremely controlling. Um, <laughs> all you right. want to do the next one? I got to do the next one. Uh, uh, oh, yes. A Our loyal friend. teabag. Yes. Um, <laughs> Jad from Kalamazoo. He's here every week. Uh, what are some of this. your... You did this. What are some of your biggest well, non-drag skills or influences uh, that you carry over uh, to your drag? Mm. Maxie? Oh, me. Mm-hmm. Well, if I had any skills, I would know. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um... I don't know. I feel like my whole entire, like, since I've spent most of my life in the club scene and, like, focusing on being, like, a drag person, I think all of my skills are kind of under the drag umbrella, like, making clothes, like, talking to people, like, making events, you know, all of that, like, relates to drag. I mean, Mm -hmm. but I will say that everything falls under the drag umbrella, which is why. Because we always say that, like, if you are a stand-up comedian, if you did theater, if you're a magician, anything, you can literally tie it into drag, and drag is, like the plate that you serve it on. Right. It's, such, it's just such an easy way to... Yeah. yeah. It's like every skill. It's like, oh, it's you're not going to use math, but you could be a math drag. <laughs> you totally could. Solve math you absolutely could. Math, I do not know her. No, same. <laughs> I definitely, like, saw... 
Alexis Bevels does this one number where she does the Animaniacs um, oh. cap- Capitals song, and she basically is being a geography drag queen at that point, but she, like, points them all out and then goes behind and uses her theater training to do a quick change behind the map yeah. in, like, two seconds and then comes back out on the other side. It's yeah. amazing. She's wonderful. I She's love her. Right? Yep. I definitely think that doing, because I did, like, 11 years of theater. You did 12 years of theater. Mm-hmm. Did you do any theater? No, no, no. This I was is in your one theater. play, and I was like, you know, what play was it? It was this like country play, and I was Oklahoma. Like, <laughs> Oklahoma's the worst play ever made. No oh, offense to Rent. Oh, no, it's no offense. No offense to Rent. Oklahoma's I terrible. I feel like I don't even know you Oklahoma's right now. Awful. Rent. I do not like either. I understand its significance like in in the universe, but <gasps> I can't watch it. I should tell you. I should tell you. I just you. don't like things about AIDS. Like, it really... Oh, I that's fair. That's fair. Just, oh, my God. I can't watch it. Unless I get that. AIDS. <laughs> yeah. I do like Pose because there's, I'm like... leaving. <laughs> they still keep it fun. That's why, I like... Yeah. I it's too deep. Much. It's, like, too deep too and dark deep. for you. We're, like, singing about AIDS. It stresses me out. I and can't. I'm in the front row, like... <laughs> yeah. Well, you go to things to cry. Like, you I absolutely do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> How dare um, you? But what well, I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> um, what like part of um, what are oh, some theater. of your non-drag skills? Yeah. Theater. theater, 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 fucking helps so much. If and you I, play an instrument, like do that. Oh, yeah. I was talking to one of my drag babies and found out that they play the trumpet, and I was like, "Why the fuck haven't you played the trumpet in drag yet?" And they were like, "I don't know." Just do the things that you can do. Like if you can design things, if you can, you know. I don't know. If you're good at writing, write up like the event yeah. descriptions or like write posts for yeah. people that yeah. don't know how to do it themselves. I did a spoken word piece that I wrote at um, at the Chicago is a drag festival, and, and I had it never was thought. So good. Thank you. I but I never like thought that that was gonna be okay until yeah. they were like, "Hey, just do whatever crazy drag thing you want to do because we're trying to showcase like a whole bunch right. of stuff." But like, just use what you got. I think. Yeah. I okay. think theater gave me a stomach for like rejection and understanding mm-hmm. and audience interaction. That's, oh That's what I yeah. think. Because when you are in theater, you're like, if you flop and you just can't get your shit together, you still got to do the same show tomorrow yep. and next weekend. So it teaches you at an early age, like you don't have time to really sit in those emotions and no. just be like, well, you know what? I'm moving on. It's like, you're in this play. And I, I feel like it helped me understand rejection and, and, and failure and how you can, yeah. Keep it moving. Yeah. I, I think that's a really big thing that you have to have with drag. Yeah, but it's yeah. true. Because you're going to suck. Learning are not going to. Oh, my God. You. Yeah. Gonna right. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. yeah, you're going to fail so hard in yeah. so many ways that you haven't even imagined yet. Have we mentioned that Maxie is fully in drag? We have I, not. She's completely blue. She's about to go to a photo shoot. I painted for radio. <laughs> yes. You, uh, I don't think we've ever had anyone come completely in drag before. No, partially, but never completely. No, yeah. that's a lie. That is a lie. Marty Gold Cummings. Yes. Marty Gold Cummings had to do a rooftop party, or it was a pool party, but there was no pool. Yes. Then she came and fo- she came and fo- I don't remember what the story was about that. <laughs> But I remember her saying that phrase and going, huh. But Marty Gold Cummings, amazing, incredible. I don't want to call her a teabag because she was just at the U- <laughs> she was just at the United Nations and that feels wrong. Oh, wow. I don't know. There's oh, teabags. There are plenty United of teabags. That's at the United true, Nations. but she's not one. Look at the grinder just around it. Hey, that's oh true. Bag of the pod. <laughs> Bag of the pod. Um, yeah. I don't know um, anything else. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely would say that a huge influence for my drag was stripping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I've been I've been stripping since I was 20 years old, so that's three years now. Um, and definitely 
getting up in a space where you are naturally <clears throat> so vulnerable yeah. Yeah. is one, very intimidating, but it's also very confidence building. Also, if I didn't know how to take off my clothes well after stripping for three years, <laughs> thank God. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> my bills are paid, so clearly I know what I'm doing. But, uh, it's just, you know, it definitely, like, it created a basis for me to have, like, a ton of confidence going into drag. Mm -hmm. And also it taught me just, like, a stage presence for mm -hmm. a very different crowd. Right. Yeah. Did, so. did you always want to get into stripping or was it something that like you saw a flyer and you're like, I'm going to try it out? Like, I, how did you I've discover always, it? I've always been a slut at heart, you know, <laughs> like some of my some of my favorite movies growing up were Breakfast at Tiffany's, where she is a cool girl, mm -hmm. Moulin Rouge, Escort, like, <laughs> you know, just uh all showgirls, yeah. Romy Malone, like all of my, I feel like a bunch of my childhood influences were beautiful, beautiful sluts. Right. Yeah. And so it definitely. Women in charge of their sexuality. Absolutely, the absolutely. Yeah. And so I definitely always like felt that influence. And eventually I was just, you know, I've been in, I've been a sex worker since I was 17 and I started doing like online fetish work out of my mom's house. Sorry, <laughs> mom, if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, moved into sugaring and then eventually started stripping when I was 20. But eventually I was just like, are you gonna just want to be a stripper? Are you actually gonna like buck up and do it? And so, you know, first shift was absolutely terrifying, mm -hmm. but I live to tell the tale. But did you, like, you say first shift was terrifying, but do you feel yeah. like you still aced it? Or, like, do you feel like you could tell it was your first shift? I made a lot of money on my first stage <laughs> Okay. Set. I gave them everything to money by Pink Floyd. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In this shitty little exploitative <laughs> club mm -hmm. bio hair if you are thinking about becoming a stripper do not go to heavenly bodies that club is shit <laughs> um, but yeah no it definitely you know i learned from experience and i learned how to get comfortable with my body i think that was one of the biggest things because i definitely before um stripping i was definitely in a more loathing place with my body image mm -hmm. and then it just helped create that confidence to be like motherfucker you should be spending a thousand dollars on me because look at me right How once <laughs> once you learn to fake confidence and to present confidence yeah. because that yes. is entirely what we do you realize all that of that is all confidence is 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 convincing the people around you that what's going on in your brain is not a total shit show yeah. until it finally just fucking happens. Mm -hmm. Like, so much of it is, it's fake it till you make it. And being naked really, like, helps because it's like, I don't have any clothes. There's no Swarovski. It is what it is. Nothing to hide behind. It's just me. Mm -hmm. You don't like it. There's nothing I can do about it. So, yeah. pay me. And people, people, <laughs> love people connect to vulnerability, too. Yeah. Because yeah. when you exactly. feel like someone's just throwing it out there and... and you know, I mean, people connect to that. Yeah, they want to cheer that on because most it, people it encourages can't do them. that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. like people are locked in cages. Like, oh my god, I don't even want to send a dick pic, and let alone this person is completely naked in front of my face. And it's yeah. like, 
What inhibitions? I wish some people in DMs would also have the inclination to not send dick pics. That is a good I swear point. On my fucking life. I love it. I just um, I like say, oh, that's a nice head. Oh, the hair's pretty. Like <laughs> you're looking great at work, it like a piece work. of art. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Send your parents my uh, <laughs> my. Send uh, them my way. Like I love <laughs> dick pics. Like it, it, I'm inclusive. Any kind of nudes, you know, I'll I'll tell you what I think. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not for everyone. I think consent is like a whole like big thing with like. Online Scent media. Scent is key. Yeah. yeah Don't truly. just send your dick to fucking strangers. No. Be my friend. Be my friend. Be like, be <laughs> yes. like send it to her. Yeah. Hello, I'm going to send you a dick pic. Yes or no? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we love dicks. Send me your dick pics. I'm so down. Yeah. yeah. All right, you got the next one? Yeah, I do. Ed Berth okay, from so Chicago. <laughs> Tell the story Ed about this. Thing? Oh, Ed Berth. Is that who that is? I don't know, but I like so. it. Yeah. Is it? Oh, well, Ed Berth, we love you very much. <laughs> this Ed, Diva. truly Ed, aka Edda, is one of the coolest designers. I looked them up. The first thing that I did when I started doing drag is I like went on a bunch of the fashion like websites around and looked people up. And I looked at Edda's stuff and I was like, oh my God, that jacket has a tongue on it. Like this is a person I want to know and be friends with. Yeah, totally amazing. And asked a question about fashion. Asking for a friend. What would your dream outfit be, even if it seems purely fictional slash unrealistic? And then there's a little emoji. It's like like a frowny face, but typed out. It's great. And smiling. No, so it's a it's smiley a, it's face a, with a smiley face with brow. like a furrowed brow. We yeah. love manic depression. <laughs> uh, what is your dream, dream outfit? outfit? I actually would love a piece by Etta Birthing. So, Etta, <laughs> I'm going to be hitting you up very soon. Hey. Um, but also, I would love some glamorous, spectacular version of Prince's raspberry beret suit, which mm. is it's light blue. It's got clouds all over it. Um, it would match my nails currently. <laughs> uh, I would love... I would love something that's, like, in reference to Prince. I also have... I have a bunch of... Um, Actually, no. You know, uh, well, you know what? Also, I really, really want. I sorry, AD. You're allowed to ADD like multiple things. The best yeah. of me. Um, I would love a true to era Rococo style dress. Mm, I sure. want to look like Marie Antoinette. Yeah. I am trying to eat cake. Yeah. And live my best uh, petticoat fantasy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Love That's it. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually love that era too. Like I love um I don't know how close they are, but like um uh what is it Louis the Fourteenth? Louis the Fourteenth, yeah. The one who was just like such an egomaniac the sun king. that that he just like fucking bankrupted the whole his his he uh, fucked everybody he over fucked like the whole world up. Versailles that was him yep. right yeah. Yeah, and his like famous quote was like, "I am the state." Like, it, yep. it, Paris or or what is it? France is me. Everything's me. I'm everything, and yep. it's just like a fucking ego man. <laughs> Sounds like a drag queen. I love him. <laughs> he know. basically was. He's a psycho, and yeah, didn't he kill a bunch of white? Like, he's a piece of garbage. Probably love him, but but we, we pick and choose with our historical answer. with our historical <laughs> figures. We pick and choose what we like. That's true. I can't like the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Maxie, what's your ideal outfit? Um, dream garment. I would love like Galliano to be like less racist. And oh, wouldn't we all? That's so real. Woo. Yeah. You know, like I mm-hmm. think just like 
90s, like late 90s, early 2000s Dior's just like the most yeah. amazing thing. Yeah. So stunning. Ever. For real. Wow. Christian Siriano has always been the one, because he makes such fucking cool like red carpet stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, when I, when it's there one day and I have the money and I have the whatever strat- stature or whatever, that is going to be my like bucket list thing. Like yeah. I want Christian Siriano dress. Oh, I love that. Yes. It's always like so fucking big and like flattering and yeah. Yeah. Oh. Bring on the gowns. Yeah. Oh, honestly, like, the more over the top, the better. I've, like, had this recurring, like, actual fall asleep type dream of wearing this, ga- like, a gown made of, like, white hair that, tur- that like, is kind of wrapped all around, like, branches, kind of, like, and then that goes down off of the back, there's like a train that's then like attached to in multiple places to a, a carriage that's made of hair. Oh my god. Like you're... a Cinderella's carriage <laughs> with hair. And I had this dream that I was trying to get into drag con with this outfit and I couldn't get through the metal detectors <laughs> and they wouldn't let me in and I cried. <laughs> so that's my next dream. <laughs> without the crying. Yeah, I love that you cried in your dream. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know me all right shall we yes let's mm-hmm. all right um oh okay um this is from lily i'm gonna fuck this up yeah uh uh alu walia from uh edina minnesota what experience edina, edina? edina minnesota mm-hmm. i used to live at, i used to live Min- in minneapolis, minneapolis. Yeah. yes yeah, so <laughs> edina, edina is a uh, suburb of there okay yeah. oh I love Minneapolis. I've never been, me so too. book me. Oh my, <laughs> my phone does some fucking cool stuff. I'm going there yeah, week. I'm going to go cry at Paisley Park. It's going to be so refreshing. Do you know Foxy Tan? Great place to crash. No, she's I'll an icon. She's like a burlesque icon from hmm. Minneapolis. She's Hell yeah. yeah she's Hell black, yeah. super amazing. Very, very cool. Um, Lily said, what experiences in your lives have made you stronger as queer people and proud to be yourselves? Oh, this is the crying Is this section. the crying one? I haven't cried for a couple of episodes. I didn't even think about this. Yeah. Queer experiences. Oh my God. What experiences have made you stronger as queer people? Or I mean, yeah. We, was we it truly all sexual? Could. Rejection. Rejection. Yes. Rejection. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Who knows? Yeah. I feel like for me, it's always like seeing, because you go through a lot of shitty stuff in your life being queer and young, especially growing up. Like we're a little bit older, like growing up in kind of like the nineties and knowing what that era was like, it was, it was problematic. Yeah. (laughs) And, but then like you sort of, I don't know, for me at least I developed like a thick skin in certain ways and then was like a total, you know, mopey crybaby in other ways. But you, you put up with a lot of stuff that you think is just like how the world works. That is true. But then you see, like you reach a certain point and you start to see people younger than you go through that. And you're like, wait, that's really fucked up. And like, that's totally not okay. And then you go, oh shit, I like just accepted that as part of my life. But you don't want that to happen for other people, especially younger people. You're like, no, like maybe I had to go through that, but somebody else doesn't have to go through that. I think that's very true. Like, it makes me want to be more vocal. Yeah. Make sure that the kids don't have to accept bullshit. Yep. Some champagne. Nor should they. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a traumatic question that I don't know. It is a little bit, but, like, but I also think, like, we've all gone through those things and come, like, look at us now. We're so pretty and strong and confident. I will just always be thankful for all the times I flopped and felt like a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. And those are... To me, the times that I'd never want to relive, but I'm thankful that 
I can process it and know what it is to succeed. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you have to eat. I say this all the time. You have to eat shit. You have to feel like a dumbass. You have to be humiliated to know, okay, should have prepared more, should have done better, should have tried harder. This is your fault, mm-hmm. you know? And not yeah. everyone has the ability to take those moments on and put the spotlight on themselves and yeah. go, you did this, figure it out. And I'm, I feel like I'm thankful for all those horrible moments. Yeah. I completely agree. That's actually um, the tattoo that's on my chest. That's actually the meaning behind it. I got it uh, the day before I turned 19 because 18 was like still the hardest year of my life. And for those of you that are listening, it's a heart pierced with three swords. Yes, it is the three of swords on the tarot uh, <laughs> deck. Uh, but the meaning of it basically is like initially pulled. It's heartbreak, suffering, trauma, you know, all yeah. that like good, juicy stuff. Yeah. But on the reverse, it's also um, strength and mm-hmm. it's acceptance. And kind of the way I took it is, you know, shitty things have happened to me. But at the end of the day, I would not be the person that I am without going through these experiences. And I would not have the strength that I have to stand up for myself mm-hmm. yeah. without it. And at the end of the day, I'm extremely grateful for the hardships that I've had because I would not be the badass bitch I am today without them. So the, the like the most boring people you will meet in your life are people that come from privilege and have not had like shit happen to them. And yeah. you're like, yeah, you've been coasting along. Like you don't have scars to show you mm-hmm. know and and so your personality is not developed, <laughs> de- developed. and yeah. you can you can de- definitely detect that in authenticity we've been drinking yeah. Yeah. Mm, what can i say <laughs> but yeah. yeah no you can definitely detect that very very easily in a person i'm like you haven't been through enough yet yeah <laughs> I went and saw that movie Crawl yesterday. Is that oh, the one about the alligators? alligators the yeah. horror movie? And I, yeah, so it's a horror Floridian. movie. Well, it's funny. <laughs> so, like, a thing that I don't always, like, lead with, because, like, I feel like a lot of the things in my life that have really defined me are things that I, like, just do, choose not to think about. Mm-hmm. But, like, so there was, like, a Category 5 hurricane in the movie. In yeah. our town, we lost... I lived, I grew up on an island. We lost everything in a hurricane. Mm -hmm. So like we were in the hurricane through the eye of the hurricane. We had to leave in a truck. We lost the entire house. Like we were literally like going through the house, collecting things like the cat, (laughs) like cat pictures. We lost cars. We lost, we had to relocate. Like the entire house was gone. And it's funny when you've gone through something that just guts your whole fucking life mm-hmm. and you have to start over i mean that you yeah. don't come back from that for years because yeah. you're you just lose all your shit you lose clothes you lose everything yeah and i don't know just watching the movie i was like funny how i've like cleverly blocked this out of my memory but <laughs> still t- you know it like it always exists in you yeah but you have to learn how to move on from like really significant traumatic garbage totally well you know like i started my whole life over to come to chicago like we've talked about this lucky was i i got divorced right before i came to chicago i lost in the same like span of a year and a half i got divorced i lost my job i moved back in with my parents and i just had like nothing married for six i was married for five just over five years but i was with him for 11 years yeah 
And then it was Mormon, ex Mormon, but yes, yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing. But like, just like changing an entire whole, lifestyle, an entire life, yeah, and just like, and similar, like not the same, but similar to how you just like lose all these things. I basically just packed what I could put in my car and drove here, yeah, and had to like literally slept on like a futon pad for the first three months I was here. I'd never lived outside of California before. I'd never lived alone before. So like, you just figure out how to put these Lego blocks of your life back together and build up a little situation and find friends. And you were saying actually at one of your birthday parties, like not maybe not this last one, but the one before how like you moved here and you didn't know anyone. And then you threw this birthday party and like the the back room at Roscoe's was completely filled with people who came out for you. And like you, you build yourself back up that way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have just like gone through crazy devastating life experiences and then bloomed out of it. So you have to, and I always think about you like have a choice, the, otherwise you die. Exactly. Like the years after that happens, you become like, I think I became the hardest, most, um, like I was insufferable at times, but you know, like you become the most severe person because you think if I can do this, you can do that, figure it out. And mm-hmm. everything becomes so cut and dry. And yeah. then it's like in the more recent years, I'm fucking 31 now. That was when <laughs> I was 16. It's like, you start to realize that you can soften it up and not everything has to be so black and white. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I'm thankful that those things happened early in my life, the yeah. real severe shit. And then the the deeper you get into it, you start to have more humanity and, and, and yeah, think humanity. about what's the other shit that other people have been through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's harder than mine. That's, you know, yeah. and you just still have to take it day to day. Yeah, so. for yeah, real. That's a real hard one for me, like thinking of like my own personal life experience. It's like, well, you know, I did this at this at this, and this was like how I got things. But it's like, well, if you can't get this done, you can't get to the next step. Yeah. And I think like one of the biggest like battles for me, like, was kind of like battling internalized homophobia. You mm-hmm. know, like I hated myself for being a faggot. And like, mm-hmm. I hated like people that were like that because they reminded me of like, the negativity that I wanted to hide and yeah. you know even getting older I was like oh they're just too gay they're just too femme you know mm. I don't think that's beautiful I don't think that's hot because when I look in the mirror I'm too gay I'm too femme and it's yeah. like yeah. taking Definitely. that because you hear the things that you heard when you were growing up and people yeah. say why are you like this and then instead of turning it into because I fucking want to yeah. you turn it into yeah why are you like this and it's yeah. the form of criticism that you turn on yourself Definitely. And then you and push then, it into other people. Exactly. Yep. That, like, it just keeps it that. fucking going. Yeah. yeah. And learning to re-educate yourself. Because yeah. gays can be worse than the straights. Girl. So like real. And it's right. so real. Yeah. yeah. You have to relearn how to talk to yourself. Looking in the mirror is love like the yourself, hardest thing. Love yourself, people. If you don't love yourself, get some lube and go to town. <laughs> Definitely. I also experienced that with uh, internalized horophobia because, mm-hmm. you know, especially I spent... A lot of my years, very beginning of my sex worker career, just in so much shame. Like, I remember going out to, you know, I was 18, going out to dinners with 60-year-olds and just, like, very acutely aware of, like, I know how this looks and just feeling ashamed of it. And Mm. now I'm just, like fuck you all, I'm getting my money. (laughs) But, like, it also, and also just, like, dealing with it, like, within my family. My mother, like, has definitely come around, but she definitely started very much as a 
like Gloria Steinem mm-hmm. kind of second wave feminist and didn't really understand the feminism behind sex work and the feminism that has always been present in sex work. And it definitely, that influence really wore down my self-esteem for a while. And it's also why I was so afraid to come out about the work that I was doing for so many years until I got caught and mm-hmm. had oh, to, wow. and had to, yeah, force myself like out of the pleaser shoebox. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, guess be the right, I guess would be the term for it. But <laughs> it's, it's hard dealing with society and telling you that you are worthless and you having to internalize that and find, and just being able to stick up for yourself and being like, you know what? Actually, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. There is plenty of worth within what I'm doing. Yeah. And and who I am and and getting and the language to be able to exactly. say actually I'm very cool with what I am. Yeah, and most exactly. people don't know that. Like I think like especially with Kamala Harris and um, other people uh, talking uh, about Kamala like Harris. they like they map and place like sex work and sex trafficking together. Like, oh, yeah. all these sex workers are 12 year old girls that get pushed into it by their pimps and they don't want to do this. They're forced to do this. And like they make the legislation fuck over everyone mm-hmm. so that you can protect a few. And I understand protect, mm-hmm. you know, kids. They don't have consent. But like a 30 year old woman who wants to sell her pussy online should be able to do that. Absolutely. And it's like you're. And Kamala Harris is one of the, as well as Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, they all voted for it. They were one of the main pushers behind Mm -hmm. FOSTA-SESTA. We talked about briefly on the podcast before. Yes, I remember. That was with Vander? Yep. Yes. I love Um, Vander. Vander, yeah. Vander the best. So when it was passed, (laughs) it immediately just jeopardized the safety of sex workers and their well-being and also their income. I know people who have been forced to leave the industry just because there is no money left for them anymore. People have gone missing. People have died. And it's, if anything, the fact that FOSTA-SESTA is creating such a bleak and restrictive online environment for work means that more people are getting pushed underground. More people are being forced to find more dangerous ways to work, also go into the hands of people like pimps. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't understand how that is helping trafficking when it's literally supporting it. Wait, for people who don't know what FOSTA-SESTA is, will oh, you break yeah. it down? Because it's a anagram, right? FOSTA-SESTA, it's, yes. Uh, it's Fighting Online Sex Trafficking Act, and the uh, SESTA is the... I don't remember exactly yeah. what mm-hmm. SESTA is No worries. But it basically restricts online... Access Trey for... Has it. Trey has it. Oh, it is the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. So they like to say. Yeah. So basically, the main, quote-unquote, what FOSTA-SESTA was supposed to do is it was supposed to stop online sex trafficking, but really it has just made it a more dangerous environment yeah. online. Uh, websites that are for full ser- service sex workers are now handing over IDs to Homeland Security. Yeah. Um, they are also, I know Backpage was taken yeah. down and a ton of people were 
making their income off of Backpage. It has, it's the reason why Instagram has become mm -hmm. so much more restrictive in and terms Tumblr. of, yeah. it's why Tumblr yeah. Yeah. porn is no longer a thing. And it's why Twitter is now, start, Twitter is basically the final frontier for sex workers in terms of an online social media platform. And even now they just recently changed the terms of agreement where now they are becoming very, very restrictive about what you can post. And if you post too much uh, sensitive content, they'll just automatically delete you. Oh. And that means that people are going to be without resources. That means that bills are not going to be paid, mouths aren't going to be fed, right. and people are going to be completely without resources and in danger. And they go about it like different ways. It's like, if you can't go online to meet a John, you're going to go to the side of the highway. Or you're exactly. going like, to yeah. stand no, outside exactly. of the corner and like, get raped or murdered. And it's like, I've had a lot of friends and like subjected to like domestic abuse from these situations and we could fix it, but they don't take the time. Yeah. It reminds exactly. me so much of like abstinence only education where instead of like it's actually exactly telling like people that. how you can protect yourself from these things and how to actually be proactive about these things, it just goes, well, don't have sex. And it's right. like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it, people are going to still do what they're going to do and you have to be realistic about this or you're putting them in danger. And there's lots of people that are just throwing up their hands and being like, well, there's just not a good solution, so we're making the best of a bad solution. I'm like, look at many other countries in the world where this yeah. is not the same. And I think that the police are, like, doing worse about, like, they, like, are going to places where, like, guys or people are just, like, cruising and, like, they're arresting them or, like, mm -hmm. look what they did to, like, George Michael. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, mm. not, that's still going on today. In St. Louis, it's really interesting because we have we have the health department that's going out there and going to like places where sex workers are walking and like giving them kits, helping them get yeah. like yes. healthcare and helping them get things. And then we have the police following after them <laughs> and then like arresting them and putting them into things and like misgendering trans sex workers. And it's like, what? Yeah. And, yeah. and stings are happening all across the country. It's really unfortunate. And of course, they're going after a lot of low-income workers, the people who need these, you know, this money and these resources the most. And it's just, I don't understand how Kamala Harris can stand with her chest and call herself a feminist because what pride. she's doing is just absolutely destroying the livelihoods of hardworking people. And also her at Pride dancing around wearing that little rainbow jacket when she put trans women in men's prisons is absolutely abhorrent. Abhorrent. Abora, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Teabag of the pod. Tea what are we saying now? Oh, <laughs> um, for anybody that, it, all of this debate reminded me of this great book that I read, and actually I listened to it as an audiobook, which was super fun, because you can like stone and sew while you're doing it. It's called Sex and Punishment, 4,000 Years of Judging Desire. Wow. It's by Eric and Berkowitz, and it talks about like the ebb and flow of, um, of yeah, <laughs> Maxie's pouring champagne. champagne. Uh, <laughs> it talks about the ebb and flow of like sexual permissiveness and queer desire and how the state then <laughs> comes back and clamps down on it. And it talks about lots of things that are actually really interesting and helpful in this kind of debate. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. And things like FOSTA-SESTA is exactly, exactly why we need decriminalization of sex work in the United States, not legalization, not end demand where they're going after clients. We need full decriminalization so that us workers can be safe and happy and healthy, and also report abuse that goes on within yep. our work life if we so choose. Yeah. Yep. But 
That's all I have to say. Yeah. Hells yes. We love it. We like, love it. I feel like the rage bubbling right. inside me. I'm like, Ooh. That's an appropriate feeling for it's this stage of the podcast. Of <laughs> it's true. We are in wrath. Fox We've done pride and now we're in wrath. Not a teabag. Not a teabag. Kamala Harris is not a teabag. <laughs> you will never be a teabag. <laughs> you um, want to do this last one? Yeehaw. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, tea's done with the champagne. Your champagne glass is completely down. Yeah, the champagne's Um, great. We've got (laughs) an international diva, international tea bag. No, from Paris. How Bonjour. No, no. How different or no, 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 (laughs) no from Paris. Okay, go. We knew you were gonna do that. (laughs) It was, it was gonna happen. How different or similar is your drag persona to your real personality? It wasn't at first, but getting more similar all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. It, it helped me understand that I didn't just have to put the wig on to yeah. act like the person who had the wig on, if that makes sense. like Oh, my I, God, it really does make sense. When you put the wig on, you're like, I'm confident. And then you have the wig off, and you're like... I am a little baby. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I could just pretend that I am more confident. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Um, well, Maxi Glamour came when I was 14. I was, it was my way to come out of the closet. I was like, well, I can just be a rock and roller that wears makeup and nail polish and go to shows and create this whole new identity. It doesn't matter if I talk like Michael Alec with a British accent. (laughs) People will like, let me be me because this is who I want to be. And like, as it went on, like I got Maxi Glamour helped me like understand like being gender nonconforming, helped Mm -hmm. me understand being gay, helped me understand like that I love fashion, I love being a faggot freak and like being wild and like the attention. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same, it's just an extension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's My true. My male comes in that name. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. From Amazon, because that's all I get. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Ramona originally started as my name in the strip club, um, even though it was originally Frenchy. Come on, Grace. Frenchie. Oh, it's perfect because it's a uh, person from France. Yes, true. But um, (laughs) what's it called? I definitely think that in the beginning, Ramona was everything that I really wanted to be and the full extension of the confidence and the lack of fucks that I was really trying to give. Because deep down, I'm a very mentally ill, sensitive baby. (laughs) So so it was definitely the, you know, aura that I wanted to project. But I feel like as I have grown into myself as a performer and also just as a complex queer individual, it's definitely become... You know, Ramona's become definitely more of who as I who I am. It, yeah. The fact where like when people reference me by my legal name, like I like actively disassociate. I'm like, yeah. who, what, where? Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I definitely feel like it originally started as the the armor, mm-hmm. and right. now I'm just Joan of Arc wearing the armor right. all the damn yeah. time. <laughs> That's so, real. Yeah, I'm. I'm very grateful for what, you know, Ramona has been able to allow me to express because, yeah. 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 I remember, like, the first time that someone kind of admitted that they were afraid of me in drag or, like, that they... <laughs> were that, intimidated by you? You could tell that that I... Something about drag really just 
can shut people down, mm-hmm. you know, certain people. I was afraid of you for years. <laughs> oh, no. uh, I'm, I know I talk too loud and I'm... Uh, I was like, oh my God, it's T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Am I nicer now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now that I'm on Dracula. <laughs> oh, oh, shut no. up. No. Well, I didn't know you before. Just, <laughs> she's just gotten nicer in general. It's I true. Have. I used to be a fucking bitch. Well, because I thought I had to be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was a defense mechanism. And it was that hardened thing where, yeah, especially when you're throwing shows and hosting and stuff like that, and you feel like, how am I going to command respect here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially when you're the one who is taking the, like we talked about before, the fall with money and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, I have to punish people. I have to be a fucking asshole. And then I've definitely lightened up in the last now few Now you lead with love. Am I less scary? No, yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> she's when, like, she's only saying that because she's afraid right. of you. I Okay, so <laughs> here's the story. So I had Daniel Cole introduce us again because, like, every time that, like, we, in, like, I'm, you're like, oh, hi, I'm Max. Like, hi, I'm trying to go. And then it was, like, awkward silence. So I was <laughs> like, I'm going to have Daniel Cole introduce us again. You're like, oh, yeah, hi, I know you. <laughs> I thought it was, that, I don't know. I accept that. I was like, <laughs> when I was this like five myself. years ago? I think, I mean, like, I've like I've been performing at Berlin for like. Yeah. A, I remember like, you at Black Girl Magic and I don't know. Harem, I did, that was like the first Oh, time. yeah, Harem okay. of Oddities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Seth. I love you, Seth. Seth, mm-hmm. Madam Marvel. Yes. Yeah. But I like, the, I was like, oh my God, this is, I don't know. You're like, you're a legend, you know? And so, like, meeting legends, you get like, intimidated and it's you know like as a legend myself you know <laughs> you're fucking killing it you're fucking killing it i understand the armor you know to like yeah. be like hey i've been fucked over so many times yeah i have had so many people take it so much advantage of me yeah i'm gonna not get close to people so like i feel yeah. like this is kind of a vulnerable introvert table who is just we're all yeah. just pretending to be i'm super hardcore i think i'm definitely an extrovert but there's something in my brain that goes into armor mode yeah and i don't and 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 i think a a lot of extroverts know this too where sometimes you come off so much more aggressive than you intend to be Mm -hmm. because you can just walk into a a a situation and go like you know you're just like la 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 hi 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 and some people see that and and are like wow this person's too comfortable Mm. but also if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I shut the fuck down. You mm. can't get a fucking word out of Same. me. Like, Same. I can't vocalize myself. And so I try to keep that in mind, especially I talked about in the last few years, I've, like, started to understand how I come yeah. off more than I did before. <laughs> and uh, and also the duality of my own personality and understand that, like, sometimes... Like, people don't know how to react to what you're giving them, you yeah. know? Or sometimes you come out of nowhere swinging too hard, and, you it's know? It's hard to step outside of yourself, though, and yeah. see that, like, because you're just in your own brain, like, stressed about how people view you or, like, thinking about your yeah. reaction to a situation, and there's somebody in the corner being like, I love them, but I'm scared, or, like, whatever. Yeah. And, like, we, it's hard to remember that. Because I would see it in myself where I would, like, try to meet people that I really wanted to meet, and I couldn't express myself the way yep. that I could with people that I didn't really know as well. Right. But Shout out to that one time that I totally freaked out Olympia Dukakis and had to be literally <laughs> led away to the cheese tray right. so that she could like calm down and escape. Yeah. I so wish bad. we had a cheese tray. I <laughs> wish we had a cheese tray too. Next time. We've got a tray. Hey! We do. Hey! It's cheesy. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah. that was the last question. Cute. 
I enjoyed you guys. Yes. We enjoyed oh, you. Enjoyed this was a great you. episode. Cheers, y'all. Um, uh, where can we find you, Maxi Glamour? Where can we find you online? And what is coming up? I have been running my own website since I was 19. It's maxiglamour.com. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, you can find me um, all over St. Louis, um, Chicago, L.A., Boston. I'm going to be traveling. <laughs> <laughs> We can find yeah. it on your Instagram. Yeah, I'm you can sure. find it on yeah. Instagram, uh, maxiglamour.com. You can find where I'm going to be. Um, if you want to book me in your cities, that's where you do it. When does Dragula come out? It's just... In August. August, August. right now. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be on Out TV, and nice. that's all I know so far. That's awesome. Excellent. Uh, who are you? Where can we find you? Um, you can find me at Instagram, and I'm... Now back on Twitter at Ramona <laughs> Slick. You can also find me on Venmo at Ramona hey, Slick. Love that. <laughs> um, and uh, this comes out on Monday. Monday. Yep. So you will have just missed me at Goddess. <laughs> yeah, too bad. Showgirls themed. I am playing Nomi Malone. I am about to give you jazz, hands, and sex exclusively. Get very excited um, for the pictures. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and then I guess you can also see me drag matinee, like I said earlier, on September 9th at 10 p.m., where you can see me giving Kate Bush Theatrics. <laughs> Mama. Wow. Uh, I am T-Rex in Chicago. I am at Drag Matinee every Saturday. On the 27th of July, we have Abora from Dragula. On the Salam. 3rd of August, we have Erica Clash. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Jada Essence Hall from Milwaukee. Um, do you know her? Yeah. Yeah. Her, her, um, uh, what's the, the, her Cosmo Queens video hit like oh, a yeah. million. It's fucking crazy. She's so fucking good. Um, uh, XYZ. We're all staring at Maxi, and Maxi's like, that's a lot of numbers. <laughs> hey, Cosmo Queens, call me. Hey, <laughs> that would be good. I'm at XYZ on the 4th of August with April Carry On. On uh, the 10th uh, of August, we have Market Days, uh, Drag Matinee, The Princess will be there, and Demita D. Sanchez. Um, also, I am opening up for um, Katya for the Help Me, I'm Dying tour. So at- excited. Yes, at the Vic on very, the 17th cool. of August. And I will be in Louisville on the 18th for uh, uh, it's a hard candy event it's Daniel Cole's birthday and he's having Delta work there and a huge cast of people from uh, Cincinnati and uh, Louisville and it's gonna be fucking great my queen my queen (laughs) Um, and yeah oh and on the 24th of August we have uh, Pearl uh, aka Roxanne so cool at uh, Drag Matinee, and I'm doing one more. On the 31st, <laughs> there's a lot going on this month. On the 31st of August, we have uh, Anya Androvna from Louisville at yeah. Drag Matinee. We also have Axel Andrews from Orlando. Very cool. And we have Nicole Page Brooks from Atlanta, Georgia. Your diva. My queen. Okay. <laughs> um, I am Stiff on Instagram. I am LuckyStiff2. That's the number two on Twitter. I've been, like, really loving Twitter these days. Twitter. So get on there, because I definitely, like, was high on cold medicine and tweeted a whole bunch over the weekend. Um, <laughs> look at this fat horse. <laughs> look at this fat horse. It was the <laughs> fattest horse. Go, go find the fat horse on my Twitter. It was truly magnificent. Um, every third Friday, I co-host uh, Goddess with Cat Sass at Berlin nightclub every fourth friday i co-host delirium with willie lequeux it's a 1930s i know total angel um 
gorgeous. You have to come. It's yes, so good. Um, it's a, a third 20s uh, cabaret, and in the middle of the show, we drink a shot of absinthe, and everything after the shot of absinthe gets like super crazy and psychedelic. <laughs> and um, also, I am a co-producer of Muse, which is a 1950s live singing and variety show, and that is coming up soon and I will give you the date on my Instagram because I can't find it. Also on the 27th of July I'm at the Shed Aquarium for um, Out of the Blue which is a very cool no waste event and I'm super excited on August 11th for Market Days I will be with This Free Life for Tiki Kiki which is going to be super fun Mm -hmm. and also I'm producing an event at the Museum of Contemporary Art and the Prop Theater that's going up in September, the first two weekends of September September 11th and 12th, and 21st and 22nd, that is an immersive event about the Great Depression and queer and trans lives in the Great Depression. Badass. So, yeah. Well, I have to pee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Friend of the, the tea bag. Wait, tea bag. Friend, friend of the tea bag. Tea What's up, tea bags? We'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for being here. And that's Thank you for having the tea. Bye.